Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Several years ago, I was wanting to uh, speak with someone, schedule an appointment to speak with someone. I wanted to try to get some information from them, and uh, I was having a little bit of trouble conveying perhaps to them exactly what I was after, and this wise man said, let's do this. He said, why don't we just start talking? He said, I think in the course of our conversation, we could just perhaps find the groove. And in doing so, we may just walk right into what you're in search of. And uh, so I'm just going to start talking. <laughs> and perhaps I know where I want to go. I'm just trying to figure out how to get there. Amen. This past Wednesday night, I uh, I taught on something that I consider to be no doubt one of the most important and fundamental things that we could ever talk about, and that is the importance of doctrine to understand fundamentally what the Scripture teaches us. I want to be clear in that this is not just an apostolic persuasion. Okay, I want to make sure that I'm abundantly clear that this is just not, you know, our spin on any particular passage of Scripture, but we just talked from the book, the book that you have either in your hand or your phone, your tablet, or whatever that may be. And I believe that there were, uh, I believe that we are certainly in a, day where we can't hear too often to have some things underlined and reestablished in our heart. And um, I think it's important to understand, I, I took my text from Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 where the scripture says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And so I, my point, and, and I, I'm going to use this perhaps to just segue into where I feel like the Lord has us today, that it is simply not enough to just go to church. We can't just show up, even though I think that it's important to be in the house of God, but we can't just show up. There has to be something in our heart that holds us. There is a tide, a rapidly rising tide of false doctrine in our world today. It's not anything new. I don't want to suggest that. It's always been the, the church in the book of Acts faced the very same thing that we're facing today. But we are facing this and we cannot be ignorant to the devices of Satan. I, I will tell you that one of the most dangerous things that we could ever encounter is the spirit of deception. And uh, because the, the spirit of deception, the, just a little bit of twisting, a little bit of leaving this out, that out, or whatever, and the next news you know, we have lost the very thing that has brought us to where we are. Amen. I, I'm not just talking about we as a local church but I'm talking about the church in, in uh, the church at large. And so I think that we have to understand the power and the value of the word of God. And I understand there are many voices that are crying today and 
met a lot of people that have in exasperation said, I don't know what to believe. And I understand that. So that is why it is imperative that we ask the Lord to teach us and to open his word and to open our eyes and our spirit to his word. Now I'm gonna tell you that I couldn't talk about a more uh, serious subject because when the Lord does in fact open our eyes to the truth of his word, now we bear a tremendous responsibility because you can't unsee it you can't unknow it. Amen. I'll tell you what can happen if you don't have a love for it. The Bible says that he would send strong delusion. Amen. That we would believe a lie and be damned. And so what we're talking about is critical. This is life and death, heaven, hell. And so I pray that the Lord would help us to understand and know the value and the importance of that. Amen. I mentioned... Uh, Wednesday night that Isaiah said this in chapter 30 and verse 21. He said, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Amen. I believe that when the spirit of the Lord enlightens our eyes and, and, uh, and helps us to see and understand his word, you may not consider yourself a Bible scholar and you may not try to get a job as a professor at a Bible college but I believe that God can under, open our understanding. Amen. There are men and women here, if I could just put this a little bit plain and not be unkind, but there are men and women here in this very building today that would not consider them a public speaker. They would probably faint if we asked them to come up here, but that doesn't mean that God hasn't opened their eyes of understanding to his word and his truth. And they know that it is untangled in their heart, in their spirit, amen. And so this, the word of God doesn't just open our eyes to the truth of his word, but his voice will speak and, and, and assure us that this is the way and that we must walk in that, amen. And I pray that the spirit of the Lord would do that for us even here and now today. John, in the book of John, the scripture says, you shall know the truth and the truth the truth will make you free. Amen. We know the truth because we're in a living relationship with truth. Not just because we have some intellectual knowledge, some academic understanding, but we are in relationship with the truth. When I say that I know my wife, it's obvious and it should be obvious to you that I know her. I know her name. I know her social security number. And I know a lot of things about her. I know her address. I know her habits. But I can tell you that I know her. I understand her. I'm in a living relationship with her. She doesn't even have to say some things. And I understand what she's thinking or feeling. And, and I'm not alone in that. Many, many people could say that. And so we need to have a living relationship with the Lord that we don't just know him on some super official intellectual level only relationship but I want a living loving relationship with the Lord amen we need to know him we need to know the power of the holy to know the power of the holy ghost and and let his spirit touch us amen I talked about Wednesday night that right doctrine will save us amen right doctrine will save us amen the implication here is that wrong doctrine will damn us and so I need to know the right doctrine. And I need, I can't just be on a way. I need to be on the way. Not on a road, but I need to be on the road. Amen. And so I need the spirit of the Lord to touch me and anoint my mind and, and your mind. Amen. I'm thankful that the Lord uh, took us out of sin. Aren't you? Amen. I'm glad that he, that he delivered us. I'm thankful for the power of the word to set free. There will never be a time in your life that you don't need and we don't need doctrine. Amen. I'm telling you today that there are many churches that put no emphasis on anything. You can baptize every how you want to baptize. You can, whatever method of salvation gets they feel gets the job done. And I'm not being unkind, but I have a mandate, as I said, upon my life that under, to point out and say, there is this is not correct. Amen, this is not correct. There needs to be something that we believe. I, 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 I'm at the risk of being misunderstood and 
quoting someone and leaving them in a position to be misunderstood. I will say something that Brother Paul Mooney said many years ago at at a camp meeting in Ocala. He said, you know, we're in a day today where everybody just kind of gets along, holds hands and sings kumbaya. And he said, I kind of liked it better in the old days whenever he said we were fighting. (laughs) I know that sounds contentious, But he said, but when you're fighting, that means you got something to fight over. You got a point to make and some ground to protect and preserve. But if it's no value to you, I I don't think he was meaning to be contentious. I think you get that. But if you've got something to protect, there's going to be something that rises up in us to protect that and to defend and to guard that. And so I pray that the anointing of the Lord would touch us. We need, we need doctrine. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere, so just stay with me now. We need doctrine. Amen. The Bible says that for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So we're not just in this journey alone, but somebody's with us. Brother Tim Trail, just a service or so ago, used the illustration about the Sunday school student that was walking behind him, stepped on his heel, and uh, or bumped him in some fashion, and then turned around and said, you didn't even know I was following you. You didn't even know that I was there. And so can I tell you today whether or not you feel that God has given you a pedestal and a platform to be on know this of assurance, amen, that when you are when you are standing for something you're not just saving yourself but you are saving them that hear you that is a very powerful implication in scripture amen the bible says that we should preach no other doctrine than the apostles doctrine let me be clear amen again that we are preaching today what the apostles preached on the day of pentecost when the new testament church was given birth to so we must hold on to everything that we have. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 and 3, he said that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Amen, we must take a stand. Amen, take a stand. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 28, uh, that, that it, this was at the revival of, of the early church in Pentecost. He said, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Amen. The rulers of Israel were bent out of shape to say the least with the apostles because once they started preaching the power of Jesus Christ, once they started preaching the power of what his blood could do and the power of the purpose of Calvary, they said, we ask you not told you, charged you not to preach anymore in this name, but he said, but now look at what a mess you have created. You have filled Jerusalem with this doctrine. I say, Lord, help us to have that same charge levied against us. Amen. We have filled this community with the gospel. We have filled this city. Amen. You have filled the office where you work. You have filled the factory or the job or wherever you may make a living. You have filled that with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to feel this world. Amen. We need to feel this world. The Bible says in Mark 7, 7, I found this alarming. Howbeit in vain, he said, do they worship me? Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And so he said, when you teach the commandments of men, you are worshiping me in vain. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, I'm not trying to just search out what granddaddy preached, although I have great reverence for that. I want to find out what's in the book. And so I'm not just following the path of someone. Amen. I want to follow the word of God. I'm not trying to be as spiritual as you are. I'm not trying to be as as spiritually not knowledgeable as you are, but I'm trying to measure myself against the word of God and not you. The scripture says they that measure themselves among themselves, compare themselves among themselves are not wise, but I, amen, that's why I've got to get into the word of the Lord and say, let me measure myself against this. Let me measure myself against this. Let the spirit of the Lord speak to our heart. Amen. And the, the, the a third point that I made in Jude 3 was, he said, beloved, I, when I gave all diligence to write unto you for the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. 
and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. God, help us to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to contend. I'm going to hold on. You know why? You know why we are here this morning and we have been able to and privileged to experience such a freedom of the Holy Ghost today is because we had a generation before us that was contending for the faith. They were holding on. Amen. They were saying, no, 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 not on this turf, devil. Amen. We're going to hold on to what has been delivered, earnestly contend. That means to strive or to struggle. Amen. I'm going to contend for what the Lord has given me. Amen. We are, the scripture says, cursed if we preach anything other than the apostles' doctrine. Amen, if you, you can't just preach what you want. I just can't get up and decide, you know what? I had a change of heart today. I know that for, uh, I know that for almost 77 years we've been walking in this direction, but I believe the Lord wants us to walk in that direction. I'm gonna tell you this morning that you can't do that. Amen, we can't do that. We can't just preach what we want and do what you want. We gotta go to the scripture, to the word of God and walk by that word of God. I said that Paul spoke to the Galatian church and he said, though an angel from heaven, amen, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel than that which was preached to you, let him be a curse. Paul could say that because Paul, and I'm not, I'm not minimizing how we each one individually received uh, perhaps the knowledge or at least some of the knowledge that we have of scripture. I'm thankful for my heritage in Pentecost, and I try to tell the Lord that often. I'm thankful, amen, that I have people before me that kind of beat a, clear, a pretty clear path for me to be able to, to make my way to that. But Paul, the apostle Paul, he did not get this from his grandparents. He didn't get this from his parents. Paul didn't get this from being in Bible college, and I'm not, again, minimizing any of those things. But on a road to Damascus, the Lord himself, amen, gave him a blinding revelation, amen, of who he was. And he recognized, amen, he recognized him as Lord right there. In that blind condition, he recognized him as Lord. And so that's why Paul could say, I know where I received this. And if even if I come along preaching another gospel, amen, let me be a curse. Or an angel comes along preaching another gospel, let him be a curse. And so what a powerful and very sensitive scripture that was. Finally, the Bible says that they continued from our text. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. I'm gonna tell you today that when uh, the spirit of the Lord began to fall as they moved, as they moved in obedience to what the Lord commissioned them to do, to go to Jerusalem and tarry till you be endued with power from on high. And when the spirit of God began to fall in that house and fire as of cloven tongues began to set on each of them, when the spirit began to move, there were those that thought they were drunk. There were those that totally misunderstood what was going on. But when Simon Peter called that meeting to order and begin to preach when he was preaching the Bible says they were pricked in their heart you've heard me say it before but that's the kind of that's the kind of prayers I'm praying. Give us preaching that pricks the heart of men. Amen. Give us preaching that pricks the heart of men. Where they stand, where they are. What must we do? What shall we do? And the Bible says that Peter, please don't underestimate this, standing with the 11. Amen. He stood with the 11 and he told them exactly what they needed to do. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Amen, remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I just need to underline it in your mind today. How we understand Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Simon Peter was not in disobedience to what the Lord said, no more than the other 11 were that were standing with him. Amen, he didn't go tell them what to say. He told them what to go do. 
do. They understood that. And therefore, they baptized their converts everywhere you find it in the book of Acts. They baptized them in the name of Jesus. Amen. They baptized them in the name of the Lord. There is no other name. There is no greater name. There's no other way to be saved. Amen. We've got to have that name applied because we've got to have his blood applied. And it's in baptism where the blood is applied to our lives. Amen. Then the scripture says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued Firm. They continued fixed in their, in their journey with God. Their gaze was fixed on what the Spirit of the Lord, amen, it was firmly fixed in place, amen, that the option to change was not theirs, amen, the ability to change their mind was not theirs to change. And so I tell you today that the Spirit of the Lord has just burned something in my heart. He's burned something in my spirit, amen. I'm trying with the help of the Lord to burn that in your spirit. I'm trying with the help of the Lord to burn it in your mind. If I am not successful in burning it in your spirit, at least I hope I send you home with a smell of smoke in your garment today. Amen. We need to get a hold of this and hold on to it with everything we have. I'm going to tell you, amen, we've got to get a hold of this. Amen. And we must earnestly contend for the faith. I'm thankful this morning that our young people are in here, but I don't want you to think that I'm just about to turn this into a youth service, but I do want to speak to the adults, amen, this morning about our youth. We've got to contend for the faith, amen, because I want them to see what I see and know what I know. I want them to feel what I feel and experience what I've experienced, amen. I believe that I believe that we can have some Elishas among us that can pray for a double portion of the Spirit that is upon us and they can do greater things than we've ever even dreamed about doing, accomplish more than we've ever thought possible, amen, but that will never happen if somewhere along the line doctrine starts meaning nothing to us and we can live any way we want to live and do anything we want to do, amen, you know what, we're going to be lost in the middle of that, we're not just going to lose a message, we won't just lose preaching, but we're going to lose a generation of Pentecostal apostolic young men and young women who deserve to know the power of God, they deserve to experience the power of God. They deserve to have the call from off the altar. Amen. Reach down and touch their lips and their heart. They deserve that. They deserve that. Let's clap our hands to the Holy Ghost today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They deserve that. They deserve that. They deserve that. Yes, they do. I preached some services ago about how, and I believe with all my heart this, I I believe that God in creation, everything that God created, he gave the ability to sustain itself. A fish can sustain fish. Amen. A plant can sustain plant life and a tree will sustain itself and and that mighty oak is not just dropping acorns to feed deer. Amen. That mighty oak is not just dropping acorns to feed a few hogs that come along. Amen. But whenever that drops an acorn in the ground, amen, it's saying, there you go. Amen. I'm giving somebody else a chance. Amen. There you go. I'm giving somebody else an opportunity. There you go. Amen. He created everything. A cow can reproduce a cow and human can reproduce human and I'm going to tell you today that in my heart of hearts I believe that God has placed within the church the seed amen to reproduce itself hallelujah it's not just enough that you and I have the Holy Ghost but I believe we need to be dropping acorns of truth and say this is for a generation to come it's just an acorn now it's just an acorn now but in that acorn is the ability amen to withstand storm in that acorn is the ability to create shade in that acorn is the ability to create timber and lumber in that uh, in that acorn is the ability to give back and so I'm reaching for some adults here today amen you need to stay the course you need to get the spirit of Abner out of your heart amen stop listening to the voice of Joab on the other side of the gate you've already made it to the city of refuge but you can die in the gate of hope I'm going to tell you he don't care if you're 8 or 18 or 80 he will rob you of everything you have and so I say God let us hold on let us hold on and 
cultivate among us a desire and a hope for a generation to come. Amen. I'm not just preaching to these young people. I'm, I'm preaching to the, I'm not just, and I'm not just talking about them and their youth, but I'm talking there about a generation of people that's yet to walk through the doors of this church. Amen, I feel a spirit of prophecy on me today. Amen, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today not just for you that are here. I'm not just preaching to those who may hear this on the internet or over a CD, but I'm preaching today about those who are going to walk through the doors of this assembly and they are going to make this church their home. Amen. They are going to drive down tent stakes and their children will be a part of our Sunday school and their children will be a part of our children's ministry. Their children will be a part of our student ministries. One day their children are going to be musicians and singers and leaders in our church and so I say we got to hold on and earnestly contend for the faith. We must. We must. We must contend for the faith. Do you have that scripture name this morning? Amen. Praise God. We must let the Spirit of the Lord touch our heart in this day. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did I give that to you? I think so. Two, ten, nine, and ten. Do another one. Yes. Oh, there, go back. I'm, I'm in the right place. I just lost. Amen. Go, go back to nine, if you will. Is that all right? Right there, that's good. Ten. Amen. The Bible says, Also, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I led you 40 years in the wilderness, and I brought you out to possess the land. Go to the next verse. And I raised up your sons. I put some seed. When they came out of Egypt, I know what the scripture says. Take with you gold and silver and the and the garments and you put those on your children. Am, am I right? Amen. You come out of Egypt with your, you go borrow that. You see, that's what the scripture said. And, and, and that's not borrow as we think about in the 21st terminology, century terminology of just going to borrow. But there was favor placed upon the children of Israel. And when they went and asked for that, it was given to them freely. It was not loaned to them. It was theirs. And he said, you put that on the backs of your children. And when you come out of Egypt, that's what your children are going to be wearing. But I'm going to tell you that those children were wearing more than just costly array. They were wearing more than just gold and silver. Amen. When the, <laughs> when the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, amen, the Lord said, I put something in here, amen, that you probably didn't even know. Amen. I put in the, in the heart of your sons a spirit of prophecy. Amen. And, and so in a generation to come, amen, I I don't want to be unkind here, but don't worry about Moses getting old. Amen. Don't, don't fret over Joshua getting a little bit older. This thing's not going to die just because we had a couple of funerals. Amen. This thing is not going to die just because somebody stepped out of line. Amen. I've got some seed among you. I've got some seed walking among you. I'm going to anoint their lips. Amen. I'm going to touch their heart. They're going to do greater things than you can ever dare dream or imagine. Can I tell you, Hatchman? Hallelujah. Can I tell you, Hatchman? Amen. That God has got the spirit of prophecy in this house. Amen. God has got the spirit of prophets in this house. Don't be afraid of that word. Amen. Don't be afraid of that word. I'm going to tell you that God has got seed for our tomorrows right here among us. And if they're not sitting in this building today, they're on their way. Amen. If they're not here right now, amen, they're about to walk in the back door. <laughs> <laughs> They're on 
Yes, they are. Because he said, I raise up your sons for prophets. I raise them up to do this. I put it in their heart as a child. I put it in their heart in their bassinet. I put it in their heart. It's there. It's there. It's there. Amen. You can be seated. It's there. Verse number 12. Page is changing. Complexion's changing. Dark clouds just rolled in. I put prophets in your midst. I put that in your children. I've preached many times about the Nazarite vow in Scripture and how that Samson had taken a Nazarite vow. Because of that Nazarite vow, he couldn't cut his hair. He couldn't touch anything that was dead and couldn't drink any strong drinkings and wine and things of that nature and, and a few other things. The Nazarite vow. A very serious vow. Not everybody had the call of a Nazarite upon them. Amen. That was a special call for special things in their lives. Amen. I believe just like the Lord puts the spirit of prophets among us, that God also calls, amen, some of this generation, maybe right here, amen, to some special things, some extraordinary things that God is wanting to use them and do in their life. Amen, God is wanting to do something supernatural in their life. Now, Vanessa won't mind helping me here, but I don't want you uh, to to misunderstand what I'm doing or saying right here. Amen, we're just gonna... We're just going to say Vanessa has a Nazarite call on her life. Amen. God's got his hand on her life. God's wanting to do something unique and special in her life. Amen. We don't have any idea the the weight or the measure of of, of what God could do and use and, and, and speak to her life and do in her life. We have no idea where Vanessa would wind up, where the winds of, of life and the seed of life would toss her and amen and so here God is pulling her out of the crowd God's pulling her away amen God is saying Vanessa I gotta have you I gotta have you I gotta have you to come with me I need you to I need you to come with me now I gotta separate you cause I've got a call of God upon your life and I need you now I need you to be careful I need you to be cautious in your way amen I need you to be careful in your life and you stay clean and you stay pure and you stay holy holy and you stay wholesome before the Lord. Amen. But I've got a call upon your life. Amen. I've got a call upon your life. I need you to stay there and I need you to pull aside. I need you to come away with me. 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 I need you to pull over this way. My God, something divine is happening in this house. Something divine is happening in this house. Amen. Something powerful is happening in this house. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. That's all right. I'm not through preaching, but let's just hold on to this for a moment. Amen. Let the spirit of the Lord speak to our heart here in this day. Amen. While they pray, I want you to stay with me now, church. Amen. Are you with me? Everybody listening to me? Amen. He said, I called somebody out with a Nazarite vow. I put a call of God on their life. He said, but you told them. Amen. You gave them wine to drink. Amen. You said it'll be all right. You said you can do whatever you want to do. Let me preach to some parents here this morning. Amen. Let me preach to some parents here this morning. You don't have to listen to that preacher. You don't have to listen to that Sunday school teacher. You don't have to listen to that youth director. You don't have to do this. You go ahead and sip on your wine. You go ahead and do your own thing and when you do mama and when you do daddy and when you do aunt and when you do uncle amen you are circumventing what God is wanting to do in their life I'm going to tell you this morning we need more red hot pulpits we need more anointed amen I say Lord don't silence the preacher but anoint him don't take away his voice but anoint his voice Hallelujah. Don't lift the anointing from his life, but double the anointing on his life. Praise God. It's all right. It's all right. 
drink you a little wine. It's all right, drink you a little wine. Amen, can I tell you this morning, I'm preaching some apostolic now. Amen, if you're a guest here this morning, don't be offended, but I'm gonna tell you, mama, you better get the pants off of your daughters. Amen, you better, you better, get, the, you better get the unholiness out of their life. Amen, you had better somehow get a hold of them. You're offering them wine. Amen, you're offering them wine. Amen, you're offering them wine, and God may have a call on their life. Amen. Go ahead. Have a little wine. Go ahead, have a little wine. It won't matter. Amen. You can do what you want to do. You can live like you want to live. You can, you can go where you want to go. It won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter. You're offering them wine. Praise God. Praise God. He said... Is this all right? He said, I put prophets among you. I put prophets among you. He said, I put prophets among you. And you said, prophesy not. I want to offend you since I'm standing right here, Will. You sure? Thank you. Thank you, swear. All right. So go ahead, Gage. Now we need to get you in football because I need I need you to be my million dollar baby. Who's your Who's your favorite team? Don't have a tire. I want you to play for this team. I want you to one day wear garnet and gold or red and blue or whatever. Amen. I'm giving away my ignorance on all this right here, but anyway, amen. You you don't need to do that. You need to go over here. Amen. I'm not preaching about against education, I, and I'm gonna mess this up if I feel like I got to preface every little statement. You go ahead and go ahead and get your doctor's degree. Go ahead and go. You be this. Go. You go do that. You go do that. Don't preach. Don't 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 worry about that preaching. Them preachers, they're gonna starve to death. Amen. You, don't you worry about preaching. He said, I put prophets in your midst. And you said, don't prophesy. Don't prophesy. Or is it possible we could turn this around? Is it possible that mama and daddy can recognize from an early age a call of God? Ooh, I sense a call of God on my little girl. I sense a call of God on my boy. My God, we're going to get the wine out of the house. I can't. Woo, we got to get the wine. What if he were to get into that? What if he were to get in? I got to get that out of the house. I got to, I got to do everything that I can to get that out. Why? Because I sense a call of God. Amen. I sense a call of God on a young man. Amen. So I'm going to hold on to him. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to protect him every chance I can. Amen. Every chance. Hey, hey, come on, go with me. We're going to, come on, go with me. We're going to go to a prayer meeting. Come on, come on, go with me. We're going to, where are we going, daddy? Well, we're going to go over here to this camp meeting. Where are we going, daddy? We're going to men's conference. Well, oh, man. Oh, man. We went to men's conference last year. Why are we going to men's conference? Amen, daddy said, because I see a flame. Amen, I got to fan this flame. Amen, I got to do everything in my power. Where are we going tonight, daddy? It's Wednesday. We're going to church. Amen, where are we going? It's Sunday. We're going to the house of God because I tell you, amen, I saw something on his life. I recognized something on their life and I said, I got to protect that. I got to cultivate that. I got to do everything I can within my power. I got to do that. I fan that. Fan that. I fan that. I fan that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can be. You can be seated if you'd like. I, I've told the story before, but it's worth telling again. I was 12 years old in the middle of the night. And God was dealing with me as much as he ever and as strongly as he ever has as an adult about preaching. I was 12. 
in the middle of the night, I got up and I went to my mom and dad's bedroom. We only lived about a mile or whatever about from my grandfather, who was our pastor at the time. And I sat on the edge of their bed and I said, I just feel like I need to go talk to big mom and pop. I'm just burning in my spirits. When I think now, how easy it would have been for them to say, no, honey. It scares me. Brother Mike, it's it's logical, so logical to have said, now come on. They're old, it's two in the morning. You can talk to them in the morning. I was so thankful. I didn't know to thank them then. But I was so thankful to have a mom and a daddy that, they let me get on my little motorcycle and ride around to their house at two o'clock in the morning. I went around and knocked on their little window, their bedroom. I saw a light come on. They opened the front porch and they both got up and sat down on the bed. I said, I feel a call of God on my life to preach. My grandfather, I sat on his bed and he said, I, I said, I feel like I'm called to preach. His words were, I'm satisfied you are. how easy it would have been to extinguish that flame. I said, well, now, come on, Junior, you're 12. How easy it could have been to have embarrassed me, Brother Nygaard, and kind of just patted me on the head like I was a cocker spaniel puppy and sent me on my way. I'm satisfied you are. There was a big gap between 12 and the first time I ever preached my first message at 19. But I'm thankful somebody didn't come in my life in those discouraging years and say, don't preach, don't prophesy. Go do this for a living. Go play ball. Go do that. glad somebody didn't, I was so fragile, I didn't know I was fragile, I was 12, (laughs) I didn't know how brittle I was, I was 12, but tender hands, gentle hands, so we can, we can, we can handle this, we can handle this, he said, I put prophets among you, I put children among you with Nazarite vows upon their life, and you fed them wine, and you got in their ear and said, you don't need to preach. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. We better hold on to doctrine because we better have something to hand this generation. And we had better fan every flame that we possibly can. I made so many mistakes along the way. Don't, please... I made so many mistakes along the way. I'm only hitting the high points. I made so many mistakes along the way. I was so glad somebody didn't just snuff me out. Snuff me out. I've told the the story. I just feel like talking. I said that a moment ago. We're, we're We're having chili for lunch, and the longer it sits, the better it gets. It's already worth more now than it was would have been 30 minutes ago. So think about that when you're going through the line. One night, my grandfather was just so kind, too kind-hearted, I guess. My cousin and I, he misunderstood. We, he thought we just wanted to sing on Saturday night, but we wanted the Saturday night service. And he agreed to that, I'm sure, through a misunderstanding. And so we had it all planned out how this was going to play out and our altar call and we were trying to make room for all those people that was going to be down at the front of that building when it's all said and done. And in the church, they were just so kind. They just listened to us sing 17 songs. We got to the end and didn't know what to do. There was nothing to do but just take that walk of shame back to your seat. And... You know, you just want the earth to swallow up. You just want the earth to open up and swallow you. I mean, it's just like you don't want to face anybody after church. Because I can tell you that it did not go according to plan. 
<laughs> and when church was over, I can remember feeling so embarrassed. And Sister Dorothy Lynn come along, put her arm around me and says, that was some fine singing. She saved my life. I was going to the Branford Bridge and jump off. She saved my life. She saved my life. I was so glad somebody didn't crush me when I was vulnerable. You want to do what? You want to go where? You what? Who do you think you are? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We've got a big responsibility. We've got a big responsibility. We need to cultivate everything we can. Fan the flames. Amen. Give them room to grow. I'm not just talking about young people. I'm talking about new converts, young people in the Lord. Give them room to grow. Give them room to fall. And when they fall down, let's get up. But I'm telling you that we, the saints of God, we've got people in this church playing church, and it scares the bananas out of me. Amen. You've got children that may have a call of God on their life. You better be very careful what you're doing. You better be very careful what you're doing. You need to stop letting your kids go everywhere and do everything. Amen. We better say, no, no, no. We need, we need to cultivate some things spiritual in you. And I'm going to tell you, there's something wrong. We've got time to put our kids in everything else, but we've got to think about whether they can go to youth camp or think about whether they can go to youth conferences or youth meetings. And Amen. I'm being serious now. I'm not trying to be unkind, but I'm reaching. Amen, I'm reaching. Amen, we got all kind of youth things that take place right here in, in our section and some of our local churches, and many times we can't even get enough to go to even matter. Because we've got them plugged in everywhere else. Amen. And, and there may not be anything wrong with where they're plugged in. But when that starts taking the place of God, we're going to be in trouble. Amen. I, I'm just reaching with everything I have today. I'm reaching with everything I have today. We need to get, amen, we need to get those things out of our home, out of our house, out of our lives. We need to earnestly contend for the faith. You've been kind. I feel like the Lord's lifted my burden in my heart today. Amen, from this. Uh, that may not make sense to you, but, I, but I'm telling you that God put something in you and you got, you, got, you, got to, you got to preach it out. Amen. And so I thank you, Lord, today. Let's stand. Thank you for the messages and tongues. Thank you for the interpretations. and Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for those new songs today. Amen, thank you for that. Thank you for your hard work and practice yesterday. Amen. Thank you for making Hatchman Apostolic Church what it is. This is not a one-man show, a one-man band. Thank you for everybody and your sacrifices. But can I tell you, it would be the devil's good pleasure to pull the rug out from under us right now. Right now. Why couldn't, tell me, why couldn't the next great, great, great missionary family be sitting right here in this house. Why? Why couldn't some of the next greatest leaders that can even not just affect our state but even affect our national organization, why, why, why couldn't they be in this building today? Amen. Great leaders. There's great Sunday school teachers, future Sunday school teachers and leaders, right? Right? Right here. Amen. God, forgive me if I'm offering them wine. God, forgive me if I'm saying, you don't matter if you touch that dead thing. God, forgive me if I'm saying, you can do whatever you want to do. You ain't got to listen to that man. I'm not making this stuff up. I've been doing this a long time. I've had children tell me, not in recent times, but I've had children tell me, my mom and daddy said, I didn't have to do what you said. Okay. Okay. Am I telling the truth, sister boy? They've looked us straight in the eye. 
there's a prophet among us. I'm going to blow on him. Amen. I want to do everything I can. Amen. I feel like we ought to pray right now. Lord, I love you today. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise God. Now, I want to be clear in something and I close. I'm not seeking for sympathy, but I am seeking for understanding. I've had a difficult task on my hands here today because I've got a wide audience. And so some of what I've said and some of what I'm preaching, I'm preaching to mature saints of God. Amen. Who know right and wrong, black and white, north, south, east, and west. Amen. So don't let, if you're new in the Lord and you're new in our church, don't let anything I've said become a ball bat that that you allow the devil to beat your brains out on the way home. Amen. I feel in the Holy Ghost to say this now. Because what happens often is the people that need to hear it don't hear it. And some innocent people, they got it and think that's them. Amen. And so what we need, I'm reaching to some mature saints been in this way a long time. Amen. We just kind of let the devil get too close, moving in our yard and our lives and our homes, and we need to draw some lines. Amen. We need to protect our children, cultivate everything you can, get them in everything you can. The world, if you do the math, the world has them exponentially longer than you even have them in your home. So you can only imagine what an uphill push this is for the ministries of the church. Amen, we have them even less. And so let's get involved in everything we can. Amen, I love you with all my heart. And if my arms were long enough, and I mean it, I would hug you all at once. Amen, I want us to make heaven our home. Amen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.